This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast. I'm your host, Cody Burkett, CSW. And I'm not. Gary is joining us again as we channel our inner cliche hipster music, i.e. Zoof John Stevens, and we're going to say yes to Michigan. Uh, the wine we're looking at tonight is the Traverse Bay Winery, which is a subset of Chateau Grand Traverse. Cherry Riesling wine. Now, this is a blend of 25% cherry wine and 75% Riesling. I'm guessing it's from the estate. So, Michigan wine. Michigan right now has about 2,650 acres under vine. Produced about 1.3 million U.S. gallons, or 4,900,000 liters, sorry. According to Wikipedia, there are apparently 112 operating wineries in Michigan in 2007. So, this is probably uh, way out to date. I apologize. Uh, But they actually did a, a study, and apparently... Uh, the industry there is about a $300 million industry. Nice. Uh, there are five American viticultural areas in Michigan. You've got the Fenville AVA, the Lake Michigan Shore AVA, the Leelanau Peninsula AVA, the Old Mission Peninsula AVA, and Tip of the Mitt AVA, which I need to find a wine from because... Oh my just... god, the innuendos on that podcast are going to be... Yeah, we need amazing. to find it. Just, 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 just the... Just the tip of the mitt for you, Lottie. God, if I had a winery in that AVA, it would be called Just The. (laughs) Yes. 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 Yes, Gary. (laughs) Anyway. um, So... In addition to, of course, the grape wines from these AVAs, Michigan is a leader in the production of fruit wines such as cherry wine, which is when uh, my friend Ali Beardo was uh, visiting Michigan, I had her like, hey, you know, pick out a bottle uh, of Michigan wine while you're there and and I'll reimburse you with a bottle or or cash because, you know, I'm not going to get to freaking Michigan anytime soon. And... She sent me a picture of a couple, and this one really piqued my interest, because even though I, I was not crazy about the concept and the theory, it immediately struck me as that this is a wine that captures uh, the spirit of the Traverse City area, and, and this is probably all coming from the old Mission Peninsula AVA. So it's got that cherry wine thing that's known for historically, and cherries was what Traverse City was big on before wine. According to the history uh, of, that I have here in front of me, the traditional wines of Michigan were sweet wines, often made from Catawba, Concord, Niagara. Of course, uh, Prohibition put a nail in the coffin. But uh, Michigan had a leg up on a lot of other states because there is a lot of acreage of Concord in the southwest part of the state for the Welsh's Grape Juice Company. So by 1946, there were already 11 wineries established. After Prohibition, which is rapid compared to some of the other states where we're looking for that are still limping along post-Prohibition. Or have arguably never left Prohibition, weirdly enough, like Nevada. I was about to say we're looking at you, Nevada. 
which is really interesting. On top of that, to promote the industry, uh, the Michigan Michigan enacted a law in the mid twentieth century that placed a tax of four cents per gallon uh, on Michigan wine, while other wine was at was taxed at fifty percent, fifty percent U.S. gallon. Your units are off there. Fifty cents per gallon per U.S. gallon. Okay. Versus four cents per U.S. gallon. Gotcha. You said fifty percent per gallon, which had me confused for a moment. Yeah, that was me just not braining. And that was me clarifying, so the listeners don't have to ask send me angry email like they did after I mispronounced uh, "meritage" in the Georgia episode. Both of your listeners wrote to you. Yes, actually. Anyway, Chateau Grand Traverse, which is this vineyard, opened in 1974. Ongoing issues. Global warming could be a major threat to uh, this area because they're, of course, vulnerable to late spring and early fall cold snaps. And apparently March 2003, uh, there was this huge frost that killed a bunch of vines in the Traverse City area. Hmm. So, as we've mentioned before, this wine is... Twenty-five percent cherry and seventy-five percent riesling. And you'll notice that we are kind of hemming and hawing around, actually talking about the wine itself. And it's not for a, a necessarily bad reason. On the nose, we get this sort of almost—you uh, were saying like a cotton candy character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also getting some floral characters that are like sweet flowers. Pink flowers, white flowers, like acacia, and and maybe rose hips and cherry. Gee, what a shocker! Right. Uh, I'm not getting really any of the petrol character that I would associate with riesling. No, but in its place, you're getting a very subtle medicinal character, which is likely coming from a combination of the cherries and the riesling no that's not a bad thing i mean it's not like bad medicinal like hey here's your robitussin uh it kind of makes me think of the kind of medicine our grandparents had with cocaine in it (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of reminiscent more of a cocktail than a wine something with like some maraschino liqueur in it which is what well we'll get there when we get there uh, on the palate, you're getting that cherry character. Some of the Riesling is starting to show through. There's a little bit of acidity lurking there under a, just a bit of residual sugar. But it's not an obscene residual sugar. It's not... Uh, it doesn't taste like it's back-sweetened. This tastes like it was actually fermented properly. Not back-sweetened. Fermentation was cut off at the proper amount of time. This is a really well-made wine. There are no flaws in it. That neither of us can get. That being said, neither of us like it. Which is not a bad thing. No. So This is strictly a personal preference thing. And I will be the first to say that there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, same here. That being said, I can appreciate this wine for what it is. That it's a well-made, very well-made wine. No flaws. A concept that I, you know, has to be difficult. I mean, as you remember from the Hawaii episode, that was a, a similar 
kind of makeup there, mostly grape wine with a little bit of fruit wine blended in. Mm-hmm. I was doing a little bit of research on that this this morning, and apparently that's actually not an easy thing to do to get those to balance. I totally believe it. And so this is a really well-made vintage. The problem is, or not really a problem, it's just that we don't like it. Yeah. Hats off to the winemaker who made this. This, this is... is fantastic in that aspect as a, a well-made wine. Yes, you did an exceptional job. I wish I appreciated it more. But that's what tonic is for. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is talk also about... My favorite winemaker's guilty pleasure. It's so guilty that I can't even open it. (laughs) Would you be willing to try the honors here? Sure thing. Uh, Since apparently it has been shown that I am too weak. Show off. Your technique was just a little off. That's what she said. Which is why you're single and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I debated going there. No, no, I'm glad you did because I was going to say it if you didn't. So we're going to make what's called a wine spritzer. So tell me when. When. Basically, to make a wine spritzer, it's really simple. You take a wine that is objectively unflawed, that you just don't like. Not that there's any problem with that. And then you add really good tonic to it. You can do it with just seltzer water and a little bit of citrus. And it works just as well, but I really, really love the bitterness and complexity that tonic brings to this. And honestly, there are times where I just crave tonic water. Absolutely. This one in particular, I will drink straight. Yep, I've done it. That's why I have the giant fucking bottle. I used to drink the just Safeway house brand tonic straight out of the can, and then I realized it had just as much sugar in it as coca-cola does so i stopped drinking that and i moved to the q tonic q brand because it's got about a fifth of the sugar oh have you thought about making a sparkling version of this metaphorical rhetorical winemaker who's not here with us right now. The sparkling version of this would be good. If you can hold the acidity from the Riesling. Yeah. Maybe this less is... residual sugar and higher acidity. Because based on the tonic character of this and the, the effervescence, this is a wine that would really shine as a sparkling wine. Absolutely. Not something we've talked about in the series yet. We will get there eventually, I promise. I have some lurking in the stash for the future. For a couple of states, but uh, haven't found one for a state that we haven't done yet that that sentence got away from me. Shit happens. Um, the point is, we will be talking about differences in styles of sparkling wine someday. But I will say that the effervescence imparted uh, by this tonic water really is is upping this wine's game. The quinine is also adding a really fun 
character to it. Yeah, it's intermingling with the cherry and Riesling, and it's it's really fun. Yeah. Now let's try the classic tonic spritzer move of adding a little bit of citrus. See what happens. You may I don't need think to your actually... thing is open. Yeah, that's a new one, so you'll want to... Please hold while we experience technical difficulties. Like being alive and having gooey things inside. So there's an episode of Welcome to Night Vale where Michigan is constantly mispronounced and has never said the proper way except for once. And uh, that's kind of why I've been purposely mispronouncing Michigan throughout this entire episode. So it's not that I don't like Michigan, it's just that I, I'm a huge fan of Night Vale and I couldn't say no to the... Oops. That was, that was a bit heavy, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, and I, for one, fucking love Michigan. It's a great state. I've had a lot of really great times up there. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to visit. And this is only the second one I've had from uh, Michigan. Um, Ooh. Oh, yeah. The citrus just brightens that up so well yeah this is i i don't know if this was the maybe this was the wine maybe this was the winemaker's intention all along i wouldn't fault him for it um to to make a a wine bait for cocktail bases uh i actually never did read the back of the label <laughs> this sweeter style wine is made from a unique blend of 25 percent cherry wine and 75 percent riesling wine Displaying a crisp and fruity style matched with a delicate cherry finish, which is not at all what we got. Um, this wine is perfectly suited for summertime fare, including barbecue, garden salads, as well as grilled poultry or pork. Serve slightly chilled for best flavor. Yeah, that, God, the idea of barbecue with this wine. I'm not hungry, but I'm now starving. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. What style of barbecue would you pair with this? Because I know that you're a diehard fan of uh, Carolina. I love North Carolina, and I love all the associated barbecue styles of North Carolina. And for this, I would say an Eastern Carolina vinegar pepper sauce, or yeah. a completely out of left field, like, sweet ketchup based sauce from, like, I want to say Texas. That would work. Is it yeah. Texas or Tennessee that does that? I I'm using I... my barbecue nerd card here, but one of those sweeter, thicker, like classic style. Like, oh, you're gonna go anywhere in the country to a stereotypical barbecue joint, get their house barbecue sauce, and it's gonna taste brown and sweet and spicy and delicious. Just the way I like my women. Actually, that's not true. I like all women equally. But it just seemed like an apropos statement. And now the lawsuits are coming in. But on that note, uh, we're going to sit here and finish our uh, wine and tonics. Uh, thank you, uh, Allie, for bringing this bottle. I uh, wish you were here sharing this with us because I think that you would find this pretty fun. Till next time. Make America Grape Again.
This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at at BAZWineMonk, or on Twitter at CVBurkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at greaterthanwines, on Facebook at facebook.com slash greaterthanwines, and by email at greaterthanwines at gmail.com.